From Cleveland, Ohio, this is the Cleveland Stage Podcast, brought to you by Fog Properties. Flexible spaces, all the right places. Visit FOGG.com for information. And now, your hosts, Tyler Whitten and Ian Wolfgang Hins. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cleveland Stage Podcast. I'm your co-host, Tyler Whitten, along with my co-host, Ian Hins. And we have our frequent guest and collaborator and criminal at large, Becca Jeans, with us today as we... As we introduce the next half of our first round of 32 plays or whatever. Anyway, we have 32 more plays to go on with this hashtag American Plays Bracket Challenge that we started. Thanks to March Madness. That's right. It feels like March Madness is already at Sweet 16. Yeah, we did this and wrong. we're still doing it. <laughs> it's almost okay. like we was, came up with this on I a whim. was going to say something last week, but it, we, took, we filled well, a whole hour. I feel hour. like we need more time for people to vote because these are such tough competitions. Yeah, and you know... Just gonna take and some we're just going to use the whole month of March and maybe a little bit of April. You yeah, and it, and, and, it, and it lines up really well with the Columbia New Plays Festival, That's so true. it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Yeah, so. Angels in America doesn't go up till the end of April, so we've got you know, a lot of events of time. in between there. We could have done like 96 plays. That's right. That's right. Mm. Or maybe 100 and whatever. Let's, let's not do 96 is. plays. Let's, 64 is fine. 64 is a good number. <laughs> 64 is a good, solid round number. That's a good one. Yes. So to rehash how this came about, Ian and I got wine drunk and started arguing about what is the best plays, and we also were arguing about how much I just cannot get into March Madness, but I still fill out like eight brackets on ESPN. <laughs> And I try to do like, okay, this bracket's going to be all the lower-seeded teams. This bracket's going to be all the high-seeded teams. This bracket's going to be all teams with decent theater departments. You know, they have <laughs> they have those hotlines for gambling problems, Tyler. You know, that's a... Well, you got to pay money. <laughs> it's really about just avoiding my kids. It's the thrill. So this is the, uh, the first half we talked about. Becca, you weren't here, but I know you listened to the podcast religiously. Oh, yes. <laughs> we talked about how there are some plays that, uh, you, but you were here during. A I was lot here of during the, the initial debate. Yeah, yeah during, I, I was here. During you were the one the who talked us out of uh, allowing musicals. Musicals, yes, because I feel that they are a different genre and yeah. should be respected in their own right and not put up against straight plays. If I remember correctly, the conversation went something like, "Hey, we shouldn't do musicals." <laughs> And we said, okay, Becca, what about Gypsy? And you were like, no, we got to have Gypsy in there. <laughs> and then I remembered we weren't doing musicals. Yeah. <laughs> it was a complicated one. Then I think you left the room because you were really upset about not getting Gypsy in the American I think I place. probably had to set my props for Mama Moon, but we'll call it we'll call it anger over Gypsy. <laughs> it was on Tuesday. <laughs> not making it into... Isn't, isn't Gypsy a Fleetwood Mac song? It is actually a very good Fleetwood Mac song. But they're but... British, so how could they even be in American Well, place? you know, they came in and they wrote a play. <laughs> Are they British? Uh, Sing out Louise. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, so uh, we also had the argument Ian and I did about bubble teams, or bubble plays as we called them, and mm-hmm. we could have had probably another bracket challenge yeah, just including bubble plays. And this was actually kind of fun. It was a little bit, I'll be honest with you, as I was putting these on the Twitter sphere, I was a little bit like, Ah, really? I gotta put these two plays together. <laughs> ah, I gotta put these two plays together. But again, they were randomly generated, and but it still fascinates me that we had two plays with a, the only two plays with colons in the name. Well, there was another one that has a colon in the name, so I guess that's not true. Well, I think what's gonna happen is you know, like in any tournament, as you get closer to the finals, mm-hmm. the the matchups will get much more complicated and and harder to. Decipher. Well, you definitely have a Cinderella story, like, let's say, I don't know, Occupation Dad. It could happen. You guys have 24 hours to, to save Occupation Dad. Currently, it's losing 27% to, what is that, 73% August to August Osage County. Who, I mean, I love Tracy Letts, and I love that play, but one of my friends called it a really well-written episode of Reba. Oh, you know, that's not entirely wrong. No, I, I always thought of it as, like, the poor man's dividing the estate. And Horton Foote is not in here. That's just to yeah. point out. There's, there's another great American player. This is a great one. A.R. Gurney's not in here. Yeah. Oh. So there's a lot in there that were on the bubble teams. But I always saw I always thought August Osage County was a ripoff of dividing the estate by Horton Foote. But that's just me. Which a play that we did here. We I did think that was the first play I saw at Ensemble. It's the first play we did when we got back. Yeah. Dividing the estate. But wouldn't the writers of Reba be thrilled to know that right. <laughs> they have been compared? That a ripoff of their show sure, yeah. is going up, up against my play yes, there you and go. is losing votes to it. Yeah, <laughs> there are. Somebody actually, more than one person 
Somebody was like, ah, I hate August Osage How County. many Twitter <laughs> handles do you have, Tyler? I only Come have on. one. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. All right, let's do this. So our very first one is uh, Fences versus Driving Miss Daisy. You know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to vote for these. I mean, this I is guess like... we'll vote for them. I will. We'll, I will take the consensus of the uh-huh. three of us and I will vote for these as Cleveland Stage. You can follow us at Cleveland Stage on um, okay. the Twitter sphere. Great. Okay. Um, so, you know, I mean, look, Driving Miss Daisy is a good play. I kind of feel like this match, this match, the matchup is mm-hmm. like kind of the whole political argument going yeah, on actually, right now that's about privilege. Yeah, actually, when I was trying to think of the way to word it. I'm like, driving Miss Daisy reeks of privilege, yeah. whereas Fences doesn't. Which yeah, I guess it's right. interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, but but for real, driving Miss Daisy does have this, you know, kind of... Yeah. They're like, these are like the opposite plays, maybe? Yeah, yeah, in a way. I mean, they both concern drivers. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> All right. One's driving the city's trash, yeah, and the other one's driving garbage An in Pittsburgh. Old white woman. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think in terms of the strength of the play, it's not a hard decision. We're, um, we're, we're all going fences, fences, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah. Another 16, 16 one pairing. Good nothing, job, random yeah. Yeah. generator. However, well, many right. People really like driving Miss Daisy. I mean, it's if you're going for popularity, you know, driving Miss Daisy. I'll be honest with God. I don't think I've ever read it. Really? It's, it's a fine play. I like yeah. it. It's okay. Yeah. I, I just think that, you know. I think Fences has a lot more to say that's a lot more relevant, and it serves the discussion a little bit better. Look, it's okay to say that Driving Miss Daisy were going up against some plays in our brackets. Maybe it should have been a bubble play. I don't know. Driving Miss Daisy might have survived against Occupation Dad. Maybe. Ah, really? Yeah, I don't know. Wow, Becca, that's right to the heart, man. (laughs) But, you know, and there are too many plays that Fences would lose to. Yeah, it's I mean, agreed. It's one show. of it's one yeah. of his better plays. All right, so let's move on. Okay. Our good friend Rajiv Joseph uh, versus Joseph Kesserling. Kesserling, and our how do you spell that? Pronounce I'm, I'm, it. I'm, I'm, what a weird name. Ah. Uh, it's Bengal Tiger at the Baghdad Zoo versus Arsenic and Old Lace. Ooh, wow, I love Arsenic and Old Lace just for the fact of mm-hmm. the guy who thinks he's Teddy Roosevelt when he runs up and down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's like maybe one of the greatest theatrical. Yes. Comp- bits bits in, in you know American classic theater sure. but mm-hmm. uh, I love the cultural discussion of Bengal Tiger though like, I think Bengal's uh, you know maybe an underrated play it's very dreamlike there's yeah. a lot of fluidity to the script and a lot of magic in the script mm-hmm. and I think that's important um, Arsenic and Old Lakes is just fun though I mean, the only time I ever saw Bengal Tiger was, I thought that the projections in the set were absolutely brilliant. (laughs) Um, Yes. So I think I would have to go with Bengal Tiger just for that Just because you were the guy who designed the last Oh, I did that? Yeah. Shocker. You didn't get a Critics Circle Award for that? I don't know. I probably got I probably. All right, so that's, uh, Becca, what's your vote? I I mean, I'm going to go with Bengal just because I'm partial to the dialogue in that show. All right, so sorry, Arsenic and Old Lace. You could not make it out of the round of 64. (laughs) All right, Arthur Miller versus John Guar. Um, All My Sons and Six Mm. Degrees of Separation. Oh, It's a tough one. Yeah. I just watched the documentary. uh, People have been talking about this documentary. I just watched it. You know, it's on HBO, and you can can stream it HBO Now or whatever. Yeah. And I just watched it. And there's actually, interestingly enough, creepily, there's a scene... Arthur Miller at one of the at the final play I think he opened on Broadway. There's this a, a segment of it where they were filming afterwards and he, and he's greeting people and he's talking to John Guar about no it. kidding about it yeah and about the criticism Dude. and about the the uh, the criticism of in New York City at the time and this just, random seating generator thing it's yeah. creepy it scary knows. it's a little creepy I don't I hope I lost that website on my history. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to go back. There. The Russians, the Russians know. Holy moly. The same ones that are. Yeah, that was made by his daughter, into. right? That documentary. It was. Mm-hmm. It's a great documentary. Yeah, I, I would, Ray really, Fogg of Fogg Properties. Uh, he actually texted me about it two days ago. Yeah, yeah. it's a great documentary. It's really cool because it is. It's you know she has so much access because she is her, his daughter, and and the conversations are very much about his family and about his life. You know, it's not so much about his his work. It's sure. more about who he was as a 
is a person, and and it's it's kind of cool. But that's what uh, that's what Ray suggested. He suggested that Arthur Miller may have been more open in this because it was his daughter, mm-hmm. which makes sense. There's some great stories about his family, and he talks about his his parents. Arthur Miller talks oh, about yeah. his parents, and and you know his dad and his mom. It's really interesting. Yeah. I thought and how I had stuff I had never known, and now I can see how that influenced. Yeah, you know. How it influenced his writing. Sure. You know, a lot like O'Neill's history. We'll have to, we'll have to check it out. Uh, and I also sent Ray a link to an Arthur Miller uh, speech he gave in Beijing, China, oh, nice. where he reads from his journal from, uh, I think, um, Death of a Salesman, mm-hmm. but like while he was going out. Was... Mm-hmm. So, okay, so what are we doing here? I mean, I, I like, I, I don't know. That's a tough one. I'm, I'm going to defer. You know, I think we talked last week. It was it was mm-hmm. two straight white dudes sitting here yeah. talking about our favorite place. So we're gonna so we brought the this. white woman in. Yeah, so we brought the, so we <laughs> See, brought the white woman. Oh, good. Yeah, but she's younger too. That That's is true. true. Different generation. Different taste. She's different generation than we are. Yeah. We're the old generation Xers. It's true. She's a yeah. Generate um, what they call it. Why? Why are you here? Wow. Generation. No, I am actually in the millennial generation. See, there you believe go. it or not, I, I actually fit right dead in the center of it. I live through the millennial. Congratulations. I was actually alive for the millennium. I was. I'm not that much younger. (laughs) All right. So what are you going here, Becca? Six degrees or all my sons? I'm going all my sons. I don't want to influence your vote. No, no, no. I I think that I would tend to err on all my sons. I really would. But I think that... Oh, man. That is tough. That's a tough one. You know, I think I'm going to go with six degrees, actually. I think I'm going to go six degrees. It's not a tie, man. You need to make a decision. I mean, we'll let the white man in the room, the oldest white man in the room, make a decision. I'm going to go all my sons just Mm. because of the whole thread through there of of the consequences of the father's actions. I mean, I think it's still relevant. Yeah. I mean, I think you see that whole, yeah, I think you see that whole thing still. There you go. All right, this is, uh, we have our first, our only, and I, you know, this counts as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Puerto Rican entry, mm. Jose Rivera, mm-hmm. one of the masters of the form, and his play Cloud Tectonics. I don't know that play, so I'm going to have to mm. defer and to you. Tell me what's David about. Auburn's oh, up uh, proof. proof. Cloud Tectonics uh, is a very dreamy, sequence-type relationship play that I think is very interesting. Look, is it an American classic? I don't know. I think Jose Rivera is probably somebody that should be read more. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with Cloud Tectonics, even though I've never read it. It's because up it's up proof. against proof. And yeah. people have done that play so much <laughs> that I hate it. And it's not yeah. rational or logical, but that's what I'm going with. Okay. All right. I mean, I'm, I'll go with it, too. <laughs> yeah. Here's You want to hear the the while we're on this white male kick that we're, we're doing here? <laughs> Whenever well, I, I read... This turned into a discussion yeah, right. of white male privilege. I'm glad I'm in the room and it's being well, you know When... Whenever I remember the first time I read Proof, I was thinking, wow, what a great character. I wish it was a male and not a girl. <laughs> that right there, and a nice little nice. bow with a package, that's nice. the, there's your white privilege, white male privilege. Uh, I mean, it's a great It's role, a good I play. Yeah. I just, it has been done so many times, that in doubt. I yeah. feel if I'm ever going to write a play, I just need to pick one word. It's also possible that, because I do it, it proof where... Of doubt. There you go. I, uh, yeah, doubting, proof. Proof. doubting proof. I there put those go. two plays together because they're one word and they're from the same period. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Arthur Miller's The Crucible mm. versus one of your favorite plays, Ian Ayad Akhtar's Disgraced, which yeah. is misspelled here in our poll. It's no big deal. That's unfortunate. It's not as misspelled as, as fences is at the top, but that's okay. Well, is fences misspelled? Well, I think it's looks, supposed to be an N. It kind of looks, it like, looks feces. like an A, so it actually looks like feces. <laughs> It's an N. <laughs> it's an N. That's an N. Okay, just checking. Holy moly! Can you imagine? Um, and you don't spell feces I mean, with an A, I don't think. I don't know. I, I love phonetic. Miller. I spell by phonetic. I was so. in the Crucible twice. I think it's a great Oof. script. Yep. Yeah. I was. Oof, I was wow. Betty Paris the first time, and then I was Abigail Paris the next time. Um, I mean, you know, and I, I love the script. I do think it gets done a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's, and no. I think it gets done maybe incorrectly a lot. Sure. And I think that the focus often lends itself to melodrama when it's done incorrectly. I think that that's what you see with that show. That would be a, an interesting play to do a reimagination production of. Yeah, like an e- Evo Van Hova. Maybe. Yeah. Strip down. Yeah. Just maybe even update some of the language. I think the language needs updated. I think um, that the, yeah. you know, but, <laughs> well, I, but I, like the, I like the witch hunt 
part of it. it. I mean, it was a very real thing. It happened in a very real time. But I think that it's something that you still see happening. This is false accusations and people telling lies that they eventually believe. I find that all very interesting. But I do think it's an overdone play. I do think it's it's kind of it's never gone away. It's We've been never relegated. Had time to miss it. Yeah, it's been relegated to the high school. <laughs> to high circuit. school and college and yeah. And and, a, and and after seeing the documentary again, yeah. not to harp on the documentary, but and and if they want to pay us, we'll keep plugging the documentary. But, yeah. yeah I mean, um, but Cleveland State's podcast brought to you by But I mean, there's a great there's a great section in there about when he wrote it and what he was going mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. and that time um, that he was yeah. going through uh, the McCarthy, McCarthy trials and, and the witch hunts. Yeah, there and and so I, you know in that yeah. context, I think it's a great. It's an important play. It's, it's yeah, it's yes. a great play in that sense. I but, think important is a good way to look at it. Yeah, yeah. I just don't. I I think that we we need to be going through something that similar. To yeah. really reconcile it, because I don't sure. think it's a play because of the language, mm-hmm. and because of the kind of the the length of it yeah. in a way. Yeah, like it just it it just it's hard to to stay. It doesn't carry. With. It doesn't carry yes. as well as All My Sons, for example. I also think no. that Arthur Miller has more poignant scripts. Yeah. That we so can we're focus we're all on. going disgrace. Yeah, yeah and I, disgraced I mean, is great. I mean, I think disgrace spelled as it is. I think disgraced yes. is a is a, an important play. Yeah, you know, I think it's. I think it's a great play. That I think it moves the theater discussion forward. And yeah. I don't know that Crucible does that so much anymore. Sure. Well, and it deals with things... I think Disgrace is one of those plays that isn't that, that isn't cut and dry. Yes. You know, a lot of times you go to plays and, and they're teaching you oh, a, a lesson. Yes, yeah, strong. You know, like in The Crucible. You're never going to really walk out of The Crucible thinking... Wondering, what was that about? Huh, maybe those people were right. They were persecuting all these witches. <laughs> it was you so know what abstract. I mean? I'm not sure. <laughs> like, there's never that... Yeah, there's never that... Pull in, in your mind, and I think in the, in disgrace, it kind of turns some ideas on yeah. its head, and it may maybe makes it kind of tricks the audience into going, oh, I think this way, and then, and it, and then like, all of a sudden they take a take a, a turn, and it's like, oh, turn. maybe I don't think that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. So. All right, so next up we have uh, Christopher Diaz's The Elaborate Entrance of Chad Deedy versus Robert E. Lee's and Jerome Lawrence's Inherit the Wind. So. I I maybe shouldn't vote on this because I am very partial to Inherit the Wind. I, I, oh, I thought you were going to say Chad Deity. No, although I really like Chad Deity. I'm very I'm very partial to Inherit the Wind. Okay, script, well then you should vote on it. it you know. Okay, so yeah. you're both Inherit the Wind. That's okay, Becca. That I mean, but I'm not I'm not <laughs> as familiar with Chad Deity. I've read it once. Okay, you know, it's very it's it's kind of on the, the outer sure. regions of my. I mean, Inherit grasp. the Wind is a great American play. I, it is, and know. I I think it's maybe his. Uh, their Theirs. best, yeah. I think it's it's their best. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, inherit the win for sure. Okay, I do like a lab. I would, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm not entirely sure I've ever read inherit the wind. <gasps> oh, <laughs> wait a second. Your your That's favorite right. first favorite play was Thoreau, was, I know. and you never made it to the For as good I just as kept reading Thoreau, Thoreau yeah, over yeah. and over again. For, for as good as Thoreau is, I would argue that Inherit the Wind is all right. I'll read it. Substantially superior. Or just watch. You don't have to read it. Just watch the just, movie. Yeah, no, the movie's good. The movie's great. Well, when was the last time Inherit the Wind was done in Cleveland? Uh, they did it at they the Playhouse did, yeah, a few years ago when they were still down at the. I love elaborate entrance of Chad Deity. I understand that it's probably not going to win this because Inherit the Wind is this that's iconic a, that's play. That's a tough thing to go up But I appreciate play. Christopher Diaz's, yeah. uh, what he did in this, this play. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I think it uh, yeah. tells a lot of great stories and it's poignant. Yep. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But and they did it going. at Caramel. Yeah. yeah. They did it at Caramel. Yep. So. All right. Uh, we have Albies, Who's uh. Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Versus the Heidi Chronicles, Wendy Wasserstein's yeah, play. That's what I said. I was like, random play generator. Who cared <laughs> this one? It's the random generator. Up against Virginia Woolf. I mean, I, I'm... Who wants to talk about Albie? Because I think I'm in the minority here where I hate him less. <laughs> Tyler likes Albie. I don't Do you hate... like Albie? I'm just going to be quiet over here. And I think, yeah. look, I, so when I was like, I need to really start focusing on theater a few, uh, not like a long, not a long time a few, ago. A few but weeks ago. A few, when, Tyler when I was like, like when you were younger, ago, before was, you had yeah. gray hair. So a while back when I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to get out of comedy and I'm going to start focusing on theater. What I did was I went on. Like one of the things I did was go on iTunes and just download as many a like interviews. No interviews and oh. things. So they have all these free interviews you can find, like from like the eighties and mm-hmm. whatever. Oh. And there's actually a lot of Edward Albee interviews. 
Yeah. And he tells a lot of the same stories, of course. Mm -hmm. And he came across like a crotchety old man who was very, I don't want to say bitter, but he came across like he's just sick of what is happening to theater. And part of me sort of uh, was like, you know, is he... Is he wrong in a, on a lot of these things? He just seems like somebody who, where I don't think I would ever get to, which is like mm -hmm. my ego is now bigger than anything, and he, he has run out of Fs to give. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah. he's dead, so. Well, yeah, yeah there is that. <laughs> uh, and, you know, there were a lot of things I disagreed with him on, but, uh, you know, he's a guy who, like him or not, probably earned the right to be opinionated, maybe. Well, I feel Virginia Woolf is of a different uh, era. Yes. And it's of a different generation. It was one yes. of Lucia's favorite plays, and I and I know that they did it, oh, I think we did it three times. Oh, yeah. I think it's the most produced play here that we've probably done at Ensemble. And, um, you know, I just, my whole I'll be thing, and, and, and I guess Virginia Woolf is the, the best of, of all of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and I do think it's a it's a great play, as begrudgingly as I might want to right. give it. Yeah. I mean, it is a great play. Um, it, I, it just feels like a lot of Albie plays, which there's like a couch, and there's yep. people that are unhappy, yeah. and booze involved. And I feel like that's every Albie play. <laughs> that's yeah. the play I'm working on now. <laughs> I yeah. know. Yeah. And, and that's okay. So, I mean, i got to say that's great. And then, you know, Heidi Chronicles, um, you know, I remember when Heidi Chronicles, you know, really hit yeah. big, and that was such an important thing because... As you can tell, once you get into the American classics, there's not a whole lot of female or no, authors, playwrights yeah. that are out there. So, you know, that was that was a huge uh, step forward. Do I think the Heidi Chronicles are a great play? Uh, no. I would go with, with Virginia Woolf, even though I, I think, you know, Edward Albee is kind of the same all the time. Mm -hmm. But um, but that particular script. Yeah, but I, and that's not to take away from the importance of the Heidi Chronicles mm -hmm. and, sure. and how important that is was, I think, especially to, I mean, a lot of the female playwrights that are that are being mm -hmm. produced now. I think a lot of them can point to that and sure. say, look at this, this is, I can see now a viable place for me. I belong in, you know, the, the modern American theater yeah. because, of, because of these. So, I don't know, did you read the Heidi Chronicles, Becca? I think I read a monologue from mm. it. Yeah. Maybe two years ago. I've not read the script. Yeah, no. it's another one that never really made the, the generational jump. Yeah. It's not something that really gets performed a lot anymore. I don't think I've ever heard of it being performed. It does. Yeah, yeah it doesn't know. get performed a lot anymore. Maybe at places like Yale. Yeah. You know, they'll do it. All right, so what are we going with here? I, I, I got to go with... I gotta go with Virginia. I'm gonna Wolf. do Wolf because I'm we're, familiar we're with getting, it. We're we're begrudgingly <laughs> voting Virginia Wolf. I mean, it's a great play. Yeah. yeah, I would almost put it in the same category as Inherit the Wind, a play I've never read. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. All right, another unfortunate uh, pair up because these are two great writers. Uh, Susan Laurie Parks is Top Dog Underdog, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna screw up her name, which I did the last time we did this. Mm -hmm. uh, Kiara. Ali Haria Hudes. Do you know how to do that? Where, where are you? Right here. <laughs> oh. Yeah. She's younger than me. Aliria Hudes? There you sure. go. Sure. Sure, that sounds good. Uh, Elliot a soldier's fugue. 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, two really important plays that uh, cemented these two women mm -hmm. in. Uh, Is that American part of theater. the cycle that she wrote? I think so. Yeah. It is. Yeah. She, of course, went on to do Hamlet, so we're mm -hmm. glad she made it in if Hamlet could not. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's tough, man. I don't know. Uh, I think they're both uh, important plays, and good plays, obviously. Mm -hmm. Man, it's a toss-up. I really like Top Dog, Underdog, but again, it's one I'm more familiar with. It's yeah. a script I've read several times. Yeah, know, that's, I'm the same way with that. I, and it's, it's tough to put it up against a play that I'm not familiar with sure. you know, and haven't really spent time. I mean, Soldier's Fugue is like, you know, you're dealing with you're dealing with the, the whole modern mm -hmm. Iraq right. war situation yeah. and, and the PTSD and, you know, kind of all the stuff that, that the Iraq war doesn't, nobody's really talking about now. So mm -hmm. it's important because I think that these are some of the first plays that are really dealing with that. A lot of the, in a lot of the way that um, John DeFusco wrote about the Vietnam War, yeah. you know, yeah. and Tracers and some in that whole trilogy. So... Yeah. I would probably go. I would probably go that way with Elliot. Elliot, I'd probably go Elliot because of that. 
So you're the tiebreaker, Tyler. How does I know. it feel in this moment? That's right. Come on, straight white guy. Deciding history. I love Susan Laurie Parks. <laughs> the woman cast her I mean, vote. She's probably one of my top favorite playwrights. I mean, it's. Not, I don't think you're going to go wrong either. No. no I'm going to go with Elliot, too. Okay. Yes. Um, all right. Face Becca. Sexist. So now we have... <laughs> now we have uh, another interesting spectrum matchup here. Amiri Baraka's Dutchman versus oh. Beth Henley's Crimes of the Heart. Oof. Which, uh, yeah. I don't think you could have two plays that are more different. different. No. Yeah. No, no yeah, you really can't. Fundamentally different. Can you, and can you imagine Amiri Baraka sitting through Crimes of the Heart? Oh, my God. No. No, which uh, was maybe the cool. I mean, that was one of the coolest guys I ever met at OU. Who's that? It was when Mary Baraka came and he spoke. Oh, he did? Yeah, he came and he spoke, and I think Charles might have brought him in. And he talked about the Dutchman, and he talked about, you know, yeah. being Leroy Jones and Leroy? the whole the whole thing. And mm-hmm. He was a cool dude, man. He was a really cool dude. I uh, One of my first classes I had to teach online, we had to teach Crimes of the Heart. Oh. Mm. Um. And, you know, you want to talk about a dated play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a dated play. Yeah. A lot of Beth Henley has a hard time, I find. Yeah. There was a play that we did. I can't even remember the title of it. <laughs> Val was in it. Mm-hmm. As a matter oh, really? of fact, Val was in it. It was the Beth Henley play. It just didn't... The survivability is a little... Yeah. yeah. It just didn't I mean, like in, the, like in Crimes of the Heart, you know, look, it's an important play. I think it's another play that maybe was paved the way for... Yeah, women playwrights. Yeah, for I mean, sure. when the Pulitzer, for God's sake. Yeah, sakes. for sure. Yeah. But it, you know, twenty-five, thirty years later. Well, and there, feels, there are plays that, the especially when it's like about know. a thirty-year-old woman who's yeah. all upset because she's not married yet and she's giving up on life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, are you kidding me? There, there can be. Thirties <laughs> when life begins. Just like there are, there's music that's dated that may have been great at sure, the time. Yes. There are plays that can be dated and they don't necessarily stand up to the rigors of time. Are you comparing Beth Henley to Vanilla Ice? Is that what, <laughs> sure. Is that what you just did? Yes. <laughs> that is the specific artist I was thinking of was some nice V-Ice. All right, so you are know. we going Dutchman here? Dutchman for me, at Yeah, least. I'm going to go Dutchman. Yeah, well. i got to go Dutchman, too. Because it's, it's a daring play, too. To yeah, especially I mean, when it was written, my right. goodness. Holy moly. Yeah. Can you imagine being in that first production? <laughs> Yeek! Yeek! <laughs> All right, uh, our next one for Colored Girls, uh, who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough. Yes. Mm. Uh, versus Paula Vogel's Indecent. I'm going to go a new play. with not Paula Vogel's play. Okay. Uh, Actually, I think you'd like Indecent. You know, I've, I've only read maybe the first, like, six pages yeah. of it. I just, I'm so attached to, for Colored Girls who have considered. Sure. Yeah, you know, it's just... Again, it's it's my own failing in this particular discussion of being less familiar yeah. with, and not I'm not always a fan of Paula Vogel's stuff, which sure. I yeah. think also kind of tints my opinion of this particular play. Mm-hmm. Not even having read it, is that yeah. it's not a playwright that I typically pick they up. They had it on. Love. They had a production of it mm-hmm. uh, on yeah. PBS, PBS for mm-hmm. a while, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I think and it, it's a script that I think pops you can still up. Watch and it, yeah. um, if you Google search like. You know, 20 contemporary plays you should read or 20 plays by female yeah. playwrights that you should read right now, that almost always comes up. Yeah. Decent always almost it, comes up. And oddly, we have friends here from our stage rights, mm-hmm. Paul and Agnes, who saw it, and they said it was one of the best productions they've ever, ever seen. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Jack and Blanche also said the same thing they, mm-hmm. when they went to New York. They said that that's, that was the play that really hung with them. And, I, and so that's why like a I, month, right? Mm. Yeah, it didn't... I don't know if it lasted that... I don't know. I thought it lasted a little longer than I thought. Sweat. I thought Sweat had a short run. Yeah. I don't know. It, it probably not long enough. Cause it, and, and that's why I went back and I read it. Um, do you have a copy of it here? I do have a copy of it. I will borrow so it. I'll e- read I, it. I, 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 I read better. the E plays now, Becca. There you go. <laughs> I read E plays. I don't like killing trees. Environmentally friendly. I like to have physical books <laughs> yeah, that I can hold. I know. And I know. But it, it, then you got to wait for them to mail it to you. And oh I my just gosh! Hit, wow! I, I'd have to wait for I, the instant mail gratification. <laughs> I want to read that play. I want to read it now. All right, so are we going for Colored Girls here? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I think you guys make some good points about Indecent, and I have not read it, so honestly, I will defer to I mean, I think for Colored Girls, it's such an important play. I think you got to go with that. But I think, I would say, you know, going forward. read. Yeah, check out Indecent. I think it's it's Mm. some of Paul Vogel's best work. I really do. Which is good, because I don't don't typically love her stuff. All right, another interesting seating matchup. Uh, this whole second round, or this whole like, I think I'm looking at this. It's a little yeah. Wait, well, did Paula Vogel write Civil War Christmas? 
Is that a yeah? Well, they can't hear you if you just nod. <laughs> <laughs> this is radio. It, it, it was an embarrassed nod because I believe I believe that was Paula Vogel. Let me double check because it was either her or... Um, but I remember whoever had written it specifically put in their, like, d- their author's notes that it was very unfinished. <laughs> it was they were particular That they're like, mm, you might, you know, mm, this isn't really a finished work, blah, blah, blah. But then other people went and produced it, and it did have that feeling, that kind of... Just rushed it. Un- where was she? You know, head of the pro- playwriting? Yeah. Uh, I think she's at Yale, yeah. Okay. Was it Brown? Are we sure? I thought she was at Brown for a while. No, there's somebody else at Brown. Uh, Adrian Kennedy's Funny House of a Negro versus Thornton Wilder's Our Town. It was Paula Vogel, by the way. Yeah. I know. I know it was. That's why I asked you. It's making sure. I didn't want to go on air. I saw an interesting <laughs> production of Funny House. What are we talking about? Something else now? Uh, Funny yeah. House <laughs> versus <laughs> Our Town. Funny House. You saw a production of it? Yeah. Okay. It was. I think Jimmy uh, Woody did it here. Oh, oh yeah. Really? He directed it. It's a, it seems like a difficult play to produce. Yeah. I don't know if I could <laughs> ever direct it. Yeah. Not that that's saying much, but uh, yeah. I think it requires a lot of a certain vision. Was my uh, takeaway? Yeah, it's a specific play. Yeah. Whereas our town seems to have a kind of a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just been done so many times, and we've done it, it here a, at least twice. I mean, it's similar to the Crucible, where yes. it's probably a really great play, but it's been, but it's been relegated to the high school circuit. I think because it's so accessible. Yeah. Because the themes are so accessible. Somewhat, yeah. It, you know that people are like, oh, this is a play that we can give to a group of young actors, and they can pretty much grasp it and not do a horrible job with it. Sure. You know. Yeah, it's and it's done a lot. And I and I funny story about when I was at Tantrum, that was one of the plays that was was floated as one of the oh uh, shows. Funny they were gonna No, are you oh. kidding me? <laughs> our, our town. Oh, no. Our town. And it was just kind of like, even even amongst the, you know, even amongst the, the college set, it was kind of like, really? you guys want to do that show? I can see, <laughs> you know? see college students really, being really unimpressed it's a gr- with a large it, cast, it's, right? Yeah, it's a huge cast. It's a, it's a really big show. It's a great, it's a great play. It is, it's but but again, play. it does get done a lot. But I mean, I'd hate to, I know I canned the previous show, Crucible, for getting done all the time. It doesn't make it a bad but play. But it doesn't make it a bad play. The, the writing's more accessible in but, our town. Yes. Way more accessible. Yes, I think that our town's language stands the test of time a little bit better. It does have a massive cast, but I don't think that that hurts it. I think it's still producible. No, I mean, yeah, we're, we're not talking about producibility yeah. as much as, like, what plays are have laid their mark on the American theatrical landscape. Well, I landscape. think argument-based Our Town has definitely put a giant stamp. I mean, Our Town, sure. is a, it's a classic you say sure. our town. In such a people. minimalist way of yeah. doing things, it really allowed for that. That is an accepted way. I mean, characters yes. on ladders, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's I it. Want to do that. That's it scares yeah. me. No, I think it's. I think it's. A, I mean, I would go with our town just because I feel All right. like it's been. Our town important. it is. Our town it's it is. Been important to the formation of our current theater scene. All right. I think it's. So, um, David Henry Wong's M. Butterfly versus Lisa Crone's Well. Oh, that's a no-brainer. One of my favorite plays. That's, I'm sorry. That's a no, that's easy M. Butterfly without even. I'm sorry. Even. I'm sorry, Ms. Crone. I do I'm love sorry. it. Well, Although we did, and and you know, Lara Milkerick did a, a wonderful job. I mean, as well, it's Lisa. a fun it play. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. The yeah. characters had a lot of fun. The audience had a lot of fun. But I think you put it up against a heavyweight. I yeah, really I mean, tough. yeah. Maybe if you put it up against... Um, we should have put it up against Occupation, occupation Dad. Dad. <laughs> then just that would feel you, a little bit and better. And then just made you vote. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Marsha Norman's Night Mother versus Eugene O'Neill's Iceman Cometh. Oof. One of the legendary productions here at Ensemble Theater. With one of the legendary interpretations of Mosher. That's right. It's true. That it's one will live forever in the Eugene O'Neill review. I mean, we don't really like to talk about this, right? This is we're going Iceman. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think you so. know, and it's too bad because you know, Night Mother is, you know, out of all probably out of yeah, all actually. the those like historical plays, plays that were yeah. that were coming out of that female playwriting canon. Yeah, you know, that's probably one of my favorite. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, I remember reading it in college, and it, we took a, a. We did in college once, didn't we? I don't know if they. I think somebody did it as a lab show, but okay. I, I remember reading it um, in a in a script analysis class that was all with female playwrights. Mm. So and it was about uh, feminism and and playwriting, and and that was always a, one of them that stuck with me. So, but Iceman is. Yeah. I think it's O'Neill's best play. 
if you want my honest opinion. Okay. Well, if you look at his other plays, they're pretty much all bits and pieces of what eventually become Iceman. You know, the, the characters well, you can find, the, the dialogue, you know. Yeah, and you get the... Not day, every single The long day's journey thing, right, is always, it's, you know, Tony Kushner, who's also in the Arthur Miller thing. I'm pretty sure Tony Kushner doesn't write plays anymore. <laughs> he just goes on all these documentaries about other playwrights and I talks mean, about them yeah. in his Tony Kushner kind of way. We're going to rest on laurels. <laughs> you know, which is fine, but... It he talked you know he's like well long day's journey in his mind is the best but you know it's about a, it's a family play right yeah. it, whereas whereas um, Iceman is a world play mm-hmm. it's a play about the world yeah. you know in, in an allegory form and I, that's that's why I love Iceman. All right. So next up we have How I Learned to Drive by Paul Vogel versus David Rabe's Sticks and Bones, mm-hmm. uh, the Vietnam play, which is first play I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, there was an interesting story about Six and Bones in that book. You read that book, right? About Joe Papp? Yep. Uh, where you talk about when he wanted to produce Six and Bones, they wanted to do an on-air, like on NBC or whatever, and they pulled it at the last minute. <laughs> I bet they did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I did a monologue from one of David Rabe's plays oh, for really? my first audition at OU, and let oh, me wow. tell you. <laughs> it was about one of... It was about a GI... Let's just say it was about a GI going to... Oh, boy. To going into one of the... Uh, Carnal Houses. It's uh, <laughs> a great title. Wow. Uh, so, you know, um, I think David Rabe, uh, maybe, I, I don't know, where do, you, where do you put him in the American theater canon? You know, he gets forgotten about yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, do you, I'm surprised that his cycle hasn't returned given the state uh, of war that we're in right now. I think you're seeing it starting to oh, come yeah. back. I think that, I think that, his plays are so anti-war, right? And I feel like right now we're just not in an anti-war framework, even though it's been 15 it's, years. Yeah, I mean it's almost <laughs> yeah, it's almost apathy. Yeah, it is. It's well, and it doesn't affect you know Vietnam. You had the draft. Yeah. You know, and so it was affecting middle class households, and people were getting you know they were getting drafted into the army, and and it was really a, a much different. So I think David Ray, and I think David Ray talks about all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. In all of his plays, I just think we've kind of forgotten about him. But then here we are, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, having forgotten what war does to people again, yeah. fifteen years later. So. Yeah. And uh, how I learned to drive, you know, I think uh, is a great iconic American play. I think she did some things. You know, we I, I use it in a lot of my playwriting conversations, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to structure. Mm-hmm. Somebody had you know did the social media thing like, hey, who are some? This is a while back, but there I think the question was. You know, who are some antagonists or protagonists who you legitimately are scared for on stage? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think this is an example of a play where that, that happens, which mm-hmm. I think is a difficult thing to actually pull off uh, in any context. And I think this film. play, has, has, it seems to get a lot of productions. Not that that's necessarily a criteria. Right. But but and that's because it's a great play. Yeah, yeah and, 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 and it holds up. Speaks to a lot of people. Yeah, it just holds up. And it's just creepy. From it's, oh. yeah, I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like it's like it's worse than a Sam Shepard play. In a oh yeah, ways. yeah. It creep. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's factor. a different. It's a totally different. Yeah. It's, just, ugh. it's mm. less like whoa, and right. more like yeah, <laughs> get me out of it's, here. It's very uncomfortable, <laughs> and I think that's something that she managed to do really well. Yeah, yeah. I learned to drive. It's, you're incredibly uncomfortable almost the entire time. And it's not just you're uncomfortable because what is happening on stage. You're also uncomfortable because you almost feel sorry for the guy. Yeah. Like there's a little yeah. bit of oh, I'm not supposed to like him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Literally. I mean, right. I just mean that's <laughs> right, I'm, Tyler. All right. So yeah. are we going? How I Learned to Drive? Yeah, How I Learned to Drive, right. I think. All right, this next one, uh, this I, I had to put this in. We took out Elephant Man at the last minute. Mm-hmm. Ah. Um, and I added Jay Torrance, uh, who was a member of the Neo-Futurists in Chicago. Um, and his play, Rost About the Great Circus Trainwreck, is to this day one of the top three plays I have ever seen. Uh, and I think... And I've seen it. I've seen two different productions of it, and both times I was blown away. When was it written? I first saw it in two thousand six. See, I have not read Rastabout. I know what no. a Rastabout is because I played a Rastabout oh, yes. sideshow many years yes. ago. But I do not know. And this is neo futurist, so yes. So not as your standard. No, it's a very yeah. uh, interact. He used, you know, he still uses the neo aesthetic, mm-hmm. which is they play themselves, the plays yeah. take place there. But you know, they mm-hmm. they figured out how to 
work around that with um, with their main stage productions. Anyway, this was a nod to Jay. Jay was also a mentor of mine and a friend of mine when I was in Chicago and helped me out a lot. So this was my nod to him. He replaced uh, the Elephant Man, uh, and also Lynn nod. But he has an elephant in the play. That's yeah. That's actually so look at that. He does talk about elephants. God, there's so many weird parallels <laughs> going on here. Random generator. <laughs> Uh, versus Lynn Nottage's uh, Ruined, which, um, yeah, there was a tough, we had we had a little bit of a thing with Lynn Nottage's between Ruined and, um, well, Sweat for sure. Sweat, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm surprised. And, um, Can I ask why you went with Ruined over Sweat? Well, Sweat was in the earlier rounds. Yeah. Ah, and it, and it already, lost. already eliminated. Um, it was actually, for me, it was between uh, Intimate Apparel. Ooh, okay. And ruined. and ruined. I don't know, man. Ruined is another play that's like hard to watch. Well, yeah, but that, I mean, half the time that means it's good. That's what I mean. I don't mean hard to <laughs> Not, watch like <laughs> difficult to like watch. some place. Yeah. I just mean hard name. to watch like uh, like ah. But sometimes life isn't is, pretty, and when right. theater does a really good job of mirroring life, I mean, I think it's yeah. I mean, we're gonna go ruined. Yeah, I'm going to go on, and oh, I'm yeah. personally, no yeah. offense to Ms. Nottage, but I'm going to go on and personally vote for Ross about because okay. I really like it. And Jay, send me the script, man. All right, Larry Kramer's The Normal Heart versus Lorraine Hansberry's Raisin in the Sun. I like the silence that followed that as we all wondered why the heck those two are Right. <laughs> Random uh, generator. Yeah. Uh... I mean, they're both such... Can we, like, trade out I mean, some of these? Yeah. Can we, like, look back? Can we go to, like, let's see, what... Yeah, but what are you going to trade out? That like, Virginia Wolf? Well, Virginia Can we Wolf. trade out Virginia Wolf for, yeah. like, one of these two? Yeah. <laughs> hey, eventually these two plays are probably going to hit meet each other. That's I mean, true. They except they're about to eliminate Right. So, um, I don't know. Normal Heart, Larry Kramer, mm-hmm. uh, prop in, you know, in the truest sense, but uh, extremely important play. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe one of the most successful plays at explaining what the AIDS crisis mm. was and yeah. giving it, a, a, also at the same time, giving it a, a human face that just, I mean, there's the Bruce monologue in there where he's talking about being on the on the airplane, mm-hmm. and it's just heartbreaking. I mean, I you know, so, and at the same time, you're also tracking the story, and you're, you're just outraged at, at how, um, how this could happen. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, like what these people are dying, and and you know nobody cares, and then so, it, um, great play, and then you've got Raisin in the Sun, which, you know, Lorraine Hansberry is, you yeah, know, it's... died too young, and yeah, yeah, um, it is she's thirty two. I don't know. I don't know how old she was. I think she was because I kind of she re- was in her remember 30s. this weird thing about her being the same age as Cass Elliot uh, when oh. she died. I know that's strange, but I um, remember. and you know, uh, it's a possible play that we might be doing here next year, even mm-hmm. though we've never done it. We have done the normal heart. I mean, so will right. it look bad? Great production. And so you know, I mean, it's just tough. It's it's tough. I I think the raisin in the sun, as far as um, impact. You know, yeah. across the board, is is had much more of an impact, but that's mm-hmm. not to take anything away no. from the normal heart and the effectiveness of the normal heart. And I did you it. see the HBO production of Normal Heart? Uh, I did. We did. We watched it. We got together after. Oh, yeah. So we did the we got the cast together after um, after the Normal Heart. We we watched it and uh, we all watched it together. That was uh, interesting. Yeah, it was all right. I feel like it was the first time. Not not the the movie because I didn't watch it, but seeing normal heart staged i do think that it did something very important in being the first time that i had really seen that issue brought to the stage in such a way and such a clear focus with the way it was discussed and and the characters and the pain that you saw and the anguish that you saw and like you said putting a face to the aids crisis but i don't think that i had actually experienced that yet as a theater goer and i probably saw it when i was about 22 so i feel like it's important that it manages to do that and that it is accessible to sure my generation yeah you know and i and i have seen raisin in the sun and it is i think across the board very influential and very important but i think normal heart in a way is just as important it's just a very different dynamic yeah what do you think of the hbo movie you know i i couldn't get through it oh okay because uh, I couldn't <laughs> Could get past the opening scene on the island. No, I couldn't believe that. Mar- I mean, I love Mark Ruffalo. He's yeah. a great actor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't just get. He's not gay. Oh, and I just couldn't. He's not, I, don't, I don't know. If he was he's not, not gay. I'm fairly certain he's not gay. Oh, 
And I just, I just thought, why would you do the normal heart without a gay lead? Well, Brian Zaldesi played it here, and he's not gay. I mean, I think yeah, that's I mean, why they, I mean, that's why they call like, it acting, Tyler. Yeah. So you, mean, you mean that if you have the resources to find I get you, I get you, I get you. Actually, right. Yeah, it's it's like when they, you know, try to incorrectly cast people of color, and they, you know, or, or people of any sort of Asian descent. And they're like, it just feels like HBO, who did a great job with Angels in America. Yeah. Well, it's an epic play. Yeah. It's a different kind of play. Right. Um, you think that they would... Oh, you think even Larry Kramer would have been like... I think Larry just wants to get the message out. Mm. And I think that if you have a, a if you have a, a forum, <laughs> a format like HBO yeah. that's going to say, hey, we're going to do this with Mark Ruffalo and we're going to put it out there for people to watch, I mean, why would you, right. why would you not? Mm-hmm. I think that the play is more effective as a play. Um, I, I really do because you're in this room, especially in an intimate setting. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, nothing I can really just. I mean, that that play kind of reaches out and grabs you by the throat and, yeah. and just shakes you a little bit. Yeah, um, I, I agree. And I think I think Raisin in the Sun does too in a mm-hmm. different way, in a sense of like kind of just futile. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just you just oh god, it's like a Greek tragedy. Right. You know, yeah. you're just like this is not. Don't do it. <laughs> you know, just please don't do it. Mm-hmm. P. Diddy, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so what are we doing here? Raisin. Raisin. Alright. That's That's gonna that's a raisin ruined second rounder. Man, yeah. that is that's yeah. a tough you gotta look at some of these second rounders. Raisin ruined. You've got How I Learned to Drive an Iceman. Ice you got M Butterfly in Our Town. <laughs> well, we, the votes aren't we just started voting, but yeah, you're right. Uh, no, I'm pretty pretty sure that though how those you're are gonna sure end up. You're pretty yeah. sure M Butterfly is gonna be that well? Uh I mean, I could be wrong. We'll see. Alright, so there you have it. This is now we're up to our we've introduced all sixty four of the plays that we could think of. Uh, and we'll, you know, do a couple of the voting days for voting for this, and then we'll move on to the next round, uh, get down to 32, and then down to 16, and then, man, this is, this is madness. It's crazy. It's March Madness. It's, it is <laughs> March madness. March Play Madness. Hashtag American Plays. Bracket. Bracket. There's an S. Plays. Yes. Plays. And uh, what do we got going on with the new new plays festival? Well, we are doing today is Wednesday, so we're doing a reading of short plays. We also have another live re- streamed live streamed. You can go to ensembletheaterclee.org to uh, watch some play readings tonight. Uh, and next week, next Wednesday, we also have a, another round of new play readings, and we're doing that at Clee Urban Winery over in Cleveland Heights. Uh, some new short plays with a one act mixed in. Mama Moon closes And this Mama weekend. Moon closes this weekend here at Ensemble Theater, the new production of Cleveland playwright Tom Frittari, directed by two-time Cleveland Circle Award winner Ian Wolfgang Hins. That's right. It's a lot of, you know, the festival is a fun month uh, for us. And it's, you know, it provides a nice showcase, I think, for the writers who have been with us for a long time. And there are some new faces as well, which is great. We're uh, allowing people to branch out. You did a reading at... Uh, Bottle House. We did the Bottle House. We did uh, Molly, who writes uh, the blog for our website. Uh, She did her first full-length play, Fish Feel Pain. We had a nice turnout for that at the Bottle House, even during the blizzard of March 2018. (laughs) I think there was the third nor'easter we had through here. Uh, It was great. You know, I think, you know, a lot of the writers want to know, like, what happens after this. And I always tell them, look... Use this as part of the process of writing plays, right? Uh, hear the hear your words, uh, watch how the audience reacts, mm-hmm. know when they're focused and when they're maybe you know looking around the room, <laughs> and think about why that might be. You know, hearing your play read by actors is just part of the process, as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. uh, because as we say, you know, plays are never finished, only abandoned. We should always be working on them and trying to get them. And the same thing happens when you see it on its feet. You know, mm-hmm. you may catch a lot of things. Yeah, it's funny because I was we were going back and Becca had pulled up um, some early uh, rehearsal footage from Jerusalem, mm-hmm. ah. and we were watching some of the archive, and and. Uh, just kind of going on in the background, but I looked specifically at the times yeah. for each oh, yeah. act, and yeah. each act came in under fifty minutes. Yeah. Wow! So this, th- you know, this this long play—it's a long play, three-hour play three hour with two intermissions. 
but each act came in under 50 minutes. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I just I just remember th- sitting through Mama Moon thinking the same thing, like, mm-hmm. I don't, anything over an hour better be really to, friggin' yeah, really good. Yeah. I mean, even Iceman, that was always the thing in Iceman, we too, right was about each hour, act, right? we were about an hour. One hour, yeah. You know, and anything more than that, it just seems like it kind of, yeah. You get lost in that. Mm-hmm. So I well, think that's what's great about a reading, too. You can kind of gauge that. Sure, yeah. And I think, you know, what I tell my writers, uh, and hopefully they're learning this this year, which is, you know, don't fall in love with your words, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes you've already said what you have to say. Let's move on to the next thing. Yeah, for sure. So that's great. Yeah. All the opportunities. You can come, what, every Wednesday night beginning again when? Uh, April 4th. April 4th. Yeah. The... Uh, the stage rights. Stage rights workshop, seven to nine Wednesdays at Ensemble Theater. Mm-hmm. So there we have it. Thanks. Uh, please go on to you can follow us at Ensemble Clee on Twitter or Cleveland Stage at Cleveland Stage on Twitter. You can vote for uh, the hashtag American Plays Bracket Challenge. And we'll have a couple more days here. We have one more day for the first thirty-two, and then we have a couple days here for the, this next thirty-two. Uh, so please vote, and we'll get to the next round. We'd like to thank our 2018 media sponsors, including Fog Corporate Properties, who can, you can find at fog.com. Fog builds Cleveland flexible spaces in all the right places. Also, for our listeners in Michigan, uh, visit Discount Home Improvement for all your home renovation needs, specializing in kitchen and bath cabinets, making quality products affordable for everyone since 1994. It's your money. Why pay more? Find them in Grand Rapids and Muskegon and online at DiscountMI.com. And wherever you listen to the Cleveland Stage podcast, please make sure you subscribe and rate the show. Thank you, as always, for listening. I'm Tyler. And I'm Ian. And thank you to Becca for joining us today. Thank you for On the Cleveland Stage podcast. We'll see you next time. And remember, Tyler, all the world's a stage. Vote for which one you like the most. Hashtag. Hashtag American... Hat plays bracket hashtag. <laughs> we should Snapchat this. Strong finish. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs>